0: Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation.
1: Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, Episode 82, Cambodia's Beaches and Islands. Cambodia has emerged in the last decade as a popular travel destination for foreign travellers. Once viewed by many tourists as simply a quick extension trip from a neighboring country to see the incredible temples of Angkor, it's now rightfully seen as a destination unto itself, worthy of an entire vacation. Its capital, Phnom Penh, is a fun, vibrant Asian city. The temples around Angkor are stunning, and the hill tribe communities in the northeast are intriguing, but the missing ingredient until recently has been the beach. Despite having many islands off the southwest corner of the country, resorts have been few, access limited, and integrating it into an overall holiday a bit tough. But that's all changing, and Cambodia's beach scene will be an entirely different world in another decade. For those wanting an unspoiled beach vacation, you better get there soon. On this episode, we'll explore Cambodia's emerging beach scene, where to go, and how to get there. This is Scott Coates in Bangkok, and with me as always is...
0: Well, I'm not always in Cambodia, but I'm always Trevor Ranges, your podcast co-host here in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Cool. So you are actually in the country that we are talking about, and
1: you live and work there now. So we're kind of separated by, I don't know, a thousand kilometers or so, something like that, maybe even a bit more?
0: Yeah, maybe about 600 miles, maybe a bit more.
1: I don't know. No one thinks in miles, (laughs) man. You Americans will hang on to that forever, no matter where you move in the world.
0: Um, so yeah, I was just down at the beach for eight or nine days last week. So oh, really, this all is very familiar to me right now. I did a lot of Island hopping. I checked out a bunch of different beaches. I actually hadn't been to the Cambodian coast, at least this part of the Cambodian coast. I went to Sihanoukville. Mm. Um, that, uh, has changed a lot in the seven years since I've been to Cambodia, but my mom and dad came to visit and, uh, the four of us with Banksy, we went to Camp Hot and, and Kite, which is spelled Kep, which we'll talk about in a minute, back in uh, October last year. and uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an interesting story. We'll talk about that when we get to uh, the different areas.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've been to Cambodia's coast. I've been to, and I always thought it was Kep, so it's not called Kep?
0: It's pronounced Kep, and I've, I mean, it's spelled Kep. Uh, I read different origin stories. That they say most of which are wrong, but I think it's like the word Cape. Hmm. You know, cape. it's like a cape, like Cape Cod or something like that. Oh, and right. It's just the local pronunciation of Cape. It's like Kite.
1: Oh, that makes a bit of sense. Well, I've been to Kep and Kampot, which are just sort of almost directly, I guess, south and a little west of Phnom Penh along the coast. Not really a beach area. There's a couple little islands with beach around there. And then I have made it over to Sahinukville for a night or two. Geez, we're probably going back six years now or so. And then I've gotten over to uh, a little island off of Koh Rong. So I don't have as much experience as you do. And you, of course, literally wrote the National Geographic guidebook on the area. But um, as we kind of mentioned in the intro, it's always... The beach development hasn't been there, really. It's it's tough to get to from other places in the country. And, um, and man, if they could bring the beach into it, uh, you'd really have all the holiday. And we're getting close from what I understand. So I think we're going to really draw on your expertise about that. But before we go any further, we need to ask you, the listeners, to show some love. Because Trevor and I actually pay for this podcast, the editing, the hosting, out of our own pockets and we've done it through to 82 episodes it's and our asking, hard-earned beer money it is our hard-earned beer money and we're asking you to go to our our home and on the left side you'll see a button for patreon or you can go to patreon and search talk travel asia and from one dollar a month upwards you can sponsor the show help us keep it going so now that we've got the sales push out of the way um trevor like what Is the scene, I mean, the coast there, is the whole coast on the south nice, or where are the kind of main potential beach
0: areas? I think we kind of covered it. I mean, coastal Cambodia isn't huge. Um, You know, Cambodia is in between Thailand and Vietnam. (laughs) So, you know, if you drive from Bangkok east... Um, some people have been to like Koh Chang um, farther to the east is Koh Kood um, and then there's the Cambodian border and the province there is called Koh Kong
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so Koh Kong has uh some still pretty undeveloped and undiscovered islands there used to be a boat service that went from Koh Kong to Sihanoukville because the road there wasn't really finished I think or wasn't really good for a long time And then 10 years ago, well, the book was published 10 years ago. So maybe 11, 12 years ago was the first time I was down in that area and the road had just been finished. So they just started to phase out the boat. I never got to ride it. But when I was in Seenookville 10 or so years ago, um, you know, there was still something of a scene at at the beaches there. And there's a number of beaches along Seenookville. Seenookville is a deep water port. Um, oh, yeah. And as a deep water port, yeah, there's huge shipping containers, everything going in and out of Cambodia pretty much. I mean, there's stuff by land nowadays, but it's a deep water port that, you know, the U.S. and Cambodia actually got into a naval battle there when uh, Cambodian soldiers commandeered a, a U.S. Navy uh, ship. I, I don't know the full details. We uh, The U.S. ended up bombing the harbor, um, but then we ended up building the road to from there as well. So that area was, you know, maybe some old timer guys down there, but uh, most of the beaches weren't that developed. And really there was no island development. There was islands out there and I wanted to do some diving. And, you know, I went out and I poked around a little bit um, and it was gorgeous. So, uh, you know, coming back recently or even like from then, I, I went back with my mom and dad about seven years ago. We went to Koh Rong and there was uh, three resorts. On the island four, I guess if you there was a place called the Broken Hearts that was over on this really long beach It's like 10 kilometers long or something like that the beach and the Broken Hearts Resort Mm.
1: Well, Um, I I mean this area I mean the kind of the real Beaches are all the jumping-off point is to which is kind of as you mentioned in the far southwest It's in the Gulf of Thailand so I mean in theory there should be a lot of really beautiful islands, great water, and all that. Um, I think, I mean, Cambodia, we kind of know, had a a horrible, fairly recent history. And from what I heard, between 75 and 79, during the reign of the Khmer Rouge, they actually forced everybody to move off of islands. So islands were literally not populated for a long time, and they've been kind of the last ones to catch up in the tourism scene. So um, how do you want to approach this thing? How do you want to go through this, Trevor?
0: Um. I don't know, you know, we could just uh, talk about the, the mainland beaches there a little bit uh, in Sihanoukville and talk about the islands, um, since that seems to be, I don't even want to say it's, like, up and coming, because, like, the mainland development has boomed. Um, okay. There's massive amounts of Chinese investment in the area, Okay. and, uh, you know, compared to, let's say, seven years ago, when there was almost no development on the islands, and, you know, there was some beautiful beaches but they only had like mostly hippie backpacker bungalows to now there's probably 30 cranes building high-rise towers there's a number of high-rises already finished but it's going to be a, a massive city off awesome. so of yes cncville itself like the entire cncville coast is <laughs> is rapidly developing it's 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 amazing how fast it's growing um fortunately for visitors It's pretty easy to fly in there. Maybe we should talk about getting in and out first. Because that's Sienkville Airport. The Sienkville Airport had been like open and closed for many years. And it was probably built back in like the the 70s as well. Um, But they didn't really ever use it for commercial purposes. Um, Now you can fly into Sienkville from Kuala Lumpur on Air Asia.
1: Really? I didn't know there was international. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's also Hong Kong and Ho Chi Minh City. Uh there might be some other ones. Bangkok is supposedly opening up in November. So oh, really? But there there could be more Chinese cities because it can't just be Hong Kong because uh, the the development that's going on there which is predominantly Chinese um Yeah, and you can fly to
1: Siem Reap, right? In about 40 minutes or something?
0: Yeah, it's about like 40 minutes to Siem Reap and you can fly to Phnom Penh 35 minutes. Um, and that was awesome. I mean, flying to Phnom Penh in 35 minutes, because I took a minivan from Phnom Penh to Sihanoukville, and this guy drove as fast as he possibly could. And this road is quite heavily trafficked now. There's lots of big trucks, there's lots of buses, there's lots of vans, and it's just like, you know, two lanes, one going each way. So you're constantly weaving in and out of big trucks and buses and and we almost died like no less than 30 or 40 times so it's terrifying and then it still takes five hours you know so flying is huge um they recently reopened the train service from pen you can take the train now on the weekends Um, They have a weekend train that goes from Phnom Penh to Kaip to Kempot and then to Sihanoukville and then back again on both Saturday and Sunday. I think it goes down Friday and then back Saturday and then back down on Saturday and back up on Sunday, something like that. And that's like seven hours, which is quite a long time. But between five in the minivan and eight on a bus, let's say, uh, you should fly. The train could be be fun going to Kempot Kempot or or Kaip um, or between Sihanoukville and those places.
1: Yeah, and I know like 6 years ago or so there was no flights from Siem Reap to Sihanoukville. So if you wanted to do that by road, it was like it's like a 10-hour journey. It's it's not it's not something you're really going to do. So
0: being able to fly now kind of makes the beach doable. Oh yeah, it's so easy now. Like my sister, she's coming for a honeymoon and they're going to fly into Siem Reap and spend a few days there to check out the temples and then fly from Siem Reap to Sihanoukville and then there's a number of ferry boat services. There's like some big catamarans, and then there's a couple of different speedboats. And there's multiple piers on all of the islands now. So you just you get on a pier there at the main beach, and you're out on the islands in less than an hour, basically. Let's say an hour. Okay. So it's super easy to get to all the islands, too. And then when you're, you know, had a couple of days in the sun, you can get on a plane and fly to Phnom Penh or to KL or Hong Kong or maybe Bangkok, Sydney.
1: Okay, so it doesn't sound like you're super keen on the mainland. I know I was there last time. It was probably six years ago or so, and it's, it's Hunnicville feels kind of an odd place. It's kind of broken up by distances. There's a lot of strange international characters there. The beaches were very so-so. So I think we're going to focus a little bit more on the islands. So what islands uh, are there, and should people consider going to?
0: Um, before we skip over the mainland, though, okay. there's a couple of things that are worth mentioning. Um, mm. If you, like, the airport's a little bit far outside of town. It's only maybe like 20, 25 minutes, right? Um, But right south of the airport, uh, there's a really nice beach that, ironically, is just past an oil refinery or or a PTT oil storage center or something like that. I discovered that like seven years ago just cruising around on a motorbike. But uh, there's a place there called the Monkey Maya. And uh, the Monkey Republic is the main hostel there on the main beach in Mm -hmm. Sihanoukville. And the Monkey Island was one of the first beach resorts on Korong. Um, So the Monkey Maya is is just south of the airport a little ways. So actually, if you're like a backpacker, you don't mind like some jungle kind of hippie scene, you could fly right into the airport and then go south down to Monkey Maya. And that's a pretty nice beach there. Monkey Um, Maya, yeah yeah otherwise they're building a new six Senses resort just off the coast um not far from the airport, so there's also on the way to monkey Maya the Six Senses is building their own pier, so like you can fly in, you're in a car for five minutes, get on a speedboat, and you're at the song uh, the six Senses in like fifteen minutes probably so oh. when that opens up from Bangkok, if you can fly from Bangkok, you'd be like check in in Bangkok and be at the six senses in like an hour and a half. Really? Yeah. And they're also building an Alila villas on another Island, just off the coast there. So although like the mainland is seeing some, I don't know, not so nice development. um, You know, they're, they're building a Meridian. I think there's a Novotel. So there's some big international players getting into the business down here. And, uh, I don't know. It's it's an interesting interesting scene right now. What beach is the uh, Sixth Sense is going to be on? Do you know? Or or it's on its own private island.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. Yeah.
0: There you go. Um, Since I I I was down there for work recently, so I have lots of map screenshots and photos and stuff like that. So our our show notes will be pretty awesome. So if you're interested in going to the beaches, uh, we'll have it all laid out there for you. So Scott, why don't you tell us about, you went to, you said, another small island private resort uh, off of Rong. That was one of the first, uh, that was was the first nice resort in the area and that kind of uh, set the tone until until now. Yeah, I was pretty lucky in my former life. I was the co-owner of a
1: luxury travel company and I got to stay at Song Sa. And Song Sa literally means, I think, like two sweethearts or something. So they are two small, small islands just off of uh, Cot Rong. And Cot Rong is sort of, I, I think you may correct me, but the kind of the big up and coming island. And it was maybe a kilometer or a bit off of uh, Cot Rong. And yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. I mean, the rooms there are about a thousand US a night and up. You have your private plunge pool. Um, you know, I remember I wanted a drink and everything's free or included. So I'm called down. I'm like, can I have some Jack Daniels? And they brought me a bottle and. Um, meals (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was incredible and and meals were incredible and it it was beautiful and i jumped on one of their kayaks and i paddled over to caught wrong because i was very intrigued um from your story i did that on a
0: stand-up i did that on i stand up paddled over there a couple weeks ago
1: oh hey that's cool and i uh i hit the beach right there and i jogged along it barefoot down and back um, and there were no resorts or anything. And I'm looking on Google Maps right now and I see a whole There's bunch a of little bungalow
0: there. I paddled over there and I, and I bought like a smoothie.
1: Yeah. And I remember thinking, I'm like, man, it's not going to be too long until if I came back here, it'll be
0: busy. It'll be really busy. It's not busy. There's just one place there, and it's pretty chill. They have quite a few bungalows right opposite the Songsa, but like the rooms are only like 10 bucks a night or something. You could live at that resort for like two months for the price of a night at the Songsa.
1: Yeah, but Songsa, to be fair, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I, I mean, I yeah, can see no, if, see. No if you had that kind of there. coin to drop. It was a good experience, and I, I feel pretty privileged for getting to kind of jog on that beach opposite Songsa. Because I know one day um, it'll be packed, yeah. right? It'll be a very busy place, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember jogging there when uh, when there was nothing there." So that was that was. There's pretty, pretty cool. much
0: still that beach that you're mentioning, which is the one to the left. Because if you if you paddle straight across from the Songsa, there's kind of two beaches: one to the right and one to the left. And and you probably went to the left because that's like a nicer beach. Okay. Um, but I can see what you're saying about how you feel like, oh, this is, you know, eventually it's going to get developed, but you know about 10 years ago or so i met with some developers who own the island for the most part or represent the the majority owner of the, the, the land on the island um and they showed me plans like i saw the blueprints for an airport and a golf course and a marina and like condo housing complexes and all this stuff and uh that was like a 10-year plan so that all should have been done by now now like that beach you jogged on there's still nothing on that side of the the, that stretch of beach around the bend a little bit. There's a place where you can camp and there's a few places that have set up to allow camping on the Island, which is kind of cool, but there's no airport or Marina yet, man. There's uh there's roads. You can uh, rent a motorbike at, at a lot of the guest houses and you can explore most of the Island now, or for you, cause I know you really like to bike. It looks like there's some great, like, cause it's all dirt trails around the Island and there's a bit of Hill here and there, you know, um, it, there's probably some great bike riding on the, on that Island.
1: Yeah, so that's my only experience there. So, I mean, Caught Rong is sort of the island, right, where it's all going to happen?
0: Well, it's, it's the biggest island, right? So, and it's got some spectacular beaches. Like, uh, you know, when, when I went there with my mom and dad or the last time we were there like seven years ago, um, there's like the three resorts were on one beach, which is just in the, the southeast corner of the island. Um, which is just a tiny fragment of it. But, like, we walked over the hill, me and this guy, and, and the beach there, I don't even know how long it is. Let's see if I can see on Google Maps. It's, uh, I think it's, like, the 8K beach or something. They're really big. Yeah, the, yeah, as I said before, like, 10 kilometers, maybe it's, like, 8 miles or something like that, you know? And back then, there was absolutely nothing on it. Like, as far as you could see from the Broken Hearts little guest house place, it was just, like, the longest beaches. And I was like, God, ah, it would be awesome to walk that length of beach. Well, last week I did it, and uh, I I didn't do the whole thing, but there's only two resorts on that entire beach, um, and you can't even see the one from the other. So it's still mostly undeveloped. Um, there's beaches that still have no development on them. There's even the, the one beach. We'll have photos on the show notes again. I have a photo of my mom there seven years ago and then a photo from when I went last week. And it still looks pretty much the same. Um, development on the islands has been quite slow. And uh, that, I think that's a really good thing, you know, because uh, compared to how the mainland is developing, it's nice to see it develop a little bit more slowly, but still have some options for people. You know, like the Song Sa... For people who can afford it, it's quite expensive. Um, but the Royal Sands is a new resort that's uh, you know about half Songsa price, which still isn't cheap. And then at the north end of the, the beach, which is called Soksan Beach, is the Soksan Resort. And they built that um, after they filmed Survivor Cambodia.
1: I'm sorry, which hotel is that? The Sok So exciting.
0: Yeah, if you're looking at a map, it's on the north end of that big, long beach and bay on the the west coast of Rong, And that's where they filmed Survivor, you know, the TV show Survivor.
1: Right, I've heard of that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I took a picture of some, like, wooden kind of boat thing. I saw a couple of them, and I'm like, I bet these were, like, props from Survivor. They had to do some, like, make-your-own-boat or paddle races or something. So I took a picture and sent it to my friend Josh, who's a Survivor head.
1: Yeah, that peach on the, the West Coast looks incredible. Yeah, it just seems to go on and on. And so it was still beautiful.
0: Yeah, I mean, the sand's gorgeous. The water's still gorgeous. Um, there's a plastic problem on Earth, and Cambodia has not been spared this problem. Oh, so, okay. uh, you know, the current's coming from that side. It's it's mostly Thailand's fault. But, you know, Cambodia's doing its best to catch up by putting a, a lot of <laughs> plastic around the coast there. Um but I think it's seasonal as well because, you know, the, the winds coming from the Gulf of Thailand into this corner push a lot of that uh, the, the plastic up on the beach there. But then on the far side of the islands, you know, like the leeward sides, like if you look at Koh Rong Samloem, which is the island just to the south of Koh Rong, it's confusing because there's Koh Rong and then there's Koh Rong Samloem, And that N is sort of silent. I think it's Samloem. Okay. Um, see that big bay there uh, it's called saracen bay that faces inland and it's quite well protected so there wasn't a spot of plastic on that beach when i was there and, and that water's gorgeous as well so i think it's the one side of the island is protected half the year and then the monsoon winds switch and blow from the other direction um, during the monsoon season and and they switch uh, getting good water and clean beaches half the year
1: so is the smaller Cotwrong Cotwrong San Luam is it worth uh visiting as well for a beach holiday?
0: Absolutely. That's where uh, my sister and and her husband are going for their honeymoon. Um right in the middle of that bay. That bay is huge too. There's three piers. And I I I arrived on the southernmost one. Right. And the two northern piers like they're so far off in the distance. And uh, that bay is super shallow, so the tide recedes, like, massively, and the, and the beach is just enormous. And, uh, you know, I walked to the first place, and it was—actually, they were, like, Balinese or, or Lombok-style huts. I mean, you, you went to Lombok, right?
1: Yeah, but I just stayed in one place.
0: Okay, but they're, like, the—it's, like, a hut where the, you have to walk upstairs to get to the bedroom, and then to use the bathroom, you have to walk down the stairs on, like, the backside.
1: Okay. Don't
0: drink too don't much. You saw those. Okay, yeah, um, and with only a fan, and those are fifty bucks a night, so Whoa. it's not cheap. Yeah, the next place over is this kind of swanky place that I think Russian guys own. They it's like ten kind of fancy bungalows right on the beach, and uh, those are pretty slick. Uh, I think they're like one. 150 Um, yeah and then there's another like hippie kind of bungalow place it's just like fan huts everybody owns only like 10 bungalows so and they're kind of far enough apart that beach is so massive that although the the entire beach from end to end has all different resorts they're all kind of small and, and they're all like Still pretty chill. Right in the middle of the bay, there's three places um, that are kind of fancier. And uh, randomly, of all the beach resorts in the entire coastal area, that was the one my sister picked out several months ago. Because I see there's inspection...
1: Sun Island and there's Seoul Beach Resort, the ones. Yeah, she, she's
0: going to stay at the one. Um, and it, it was this, this this couple from Poland uh, built it. And, you know, I was doing a tour, and I was like, hey, this is really, like, beachy. You know, like, they they got the whole how to make a beach resort thing. And I'm like, dude, you're from Poland, man. How did you learn about the beach? And uh, he seemed like a guy who just loved that type of lifestyle and uh, had made it his home, which is something you and I talked about doing many years ago uh, in this yeah, same area. Yeah, yeah. We
1: did. Well, I mean, those are two islands, and I mean, plenty of beaches on those two, completely connectable by ferries. Um, What other islands are there that you maybe want to think about off that coast?
0: Well, I mean, you're kind of limited by where you can stay, right? Okay. Um, There's a number of other little islands here and there along the coast, but most of them don't have any sort of accommodation. If you look closer to the mainland and the airport, one of the bigger islands is called, called Ta-Kiao. Now I was I was I had my pronunciation corrected too many times today, so I know I'm saying that wrong, but it's called takiao Yeah, and, I uh, see it. Yeah, there, there's a little cluster of islands there, and from the mainland, you can do like an island hopping trip hmm. with like a long-tail boat, you know? It's like a half day cruising around on a long tail. You can maybe do it a full day. The one company that... Uh, I was scoping out. They do like a barbecue on the beach. That beach there is pretty nice. Like anyone staying on the mainland should definitely take a boat out to the Takiao Island because there's a beautiful beach. And then there's only just like, again, two super simple thatch hut hippie. Like it's like $10 for a room in the low season and 20 in the high season maybe. Um, super hippie style. Um,
1: and then I and see then, there's Bamboo yeah. Island next to it.
0: That's where the Alila Villas is being built, yeah.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Okay.
0: And then uh, then there's a giant island just a little bit farther to uh, the east, um, but that's owned by Vietnam. And although it seems like it should definitely be a part of Cambodia because it's right off the coast of Cambodia, um, that Phu Quoc Island, if that's how you pronounce it, is, is Vietnamese.
1: Right. Okay. So that's kind of your beach choices there, right?
0: For that, uh, that Sihanoukville, uh, Kampong Saum, I think is the pronunciation Kampong Saum. That's the name of the province Sihanoukville is in, and the islands of Korong, Korong, Salom. Um, the other beaches you have are just a uh, cape, you know, Kampot, Kampot and Cape are like, uh, much closer to Phnom Penh. It's like kind of a weekend getaway place, uh, has been since like the French colonial era. Yeah, have you you've been down there, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I had a couple really nice nights in uh, Kemp, and then uh, a couple really nice nights in Kempot, but that's probably going back, geez, probably eight years ago now. I rode a motorbike down and back. I'd really like to go see it again. That won't have changed as much. Okay, um, yeah.
0: Because I, I went with my mom and dad uh, late last year, and, uh, and we did the same kind of thing. We, we spent two nights in Kempot, and then two nights in Cap, and then... Uh, and. It's pretty chill. I mean, my dad loves pepper, and Kempot is famous for its pepper, right? Mm. Um, and you, you actually asked me to bring you some back right before we started recording tonight, which uh, that is right. I'll be sure to do. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, they're, they're both pretty chill. You know, the, it's like you can do a little half day excursion each day and spend the other half of the day just like kicking it by the river. Most of the old places there. Kampot's kind of more of a river town than a beach town. Although there is some beach there. And I didn't make it out there this past trip. But from Kampot you, you can go down to the coast. Uh, we stayed at the Villa Vedici. And the guy who runs that, uh, he does kite surfing. So they do kite surfing down on the beach down there. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I went down to the beach there, there was some lady and she was like stir frying crabs in a walk. Like Kampot pepper crabs like on in some little shack just like under the shade of a tree and and I got like a big plate of crabs for like five dollars and then jumped in the ocean to like clean myself up afterwards so that was pretty awesome the beach wasn't gorgeous but it was it was nice and it was kind of quiet um over in Cap, yeah the, it's it's coastal and there is like a beach there like a public beach that's kind of a fun place to hang out they have those hammock bars that Cambodians love where you just uh, sit in the shade, uh, four of you all in hammocks strung up a different direction and you eat seafood and you drink beer and you maybe just go jump in the sea. The water there doesn't, it's not like dirty or anything like that. It's just, uh, there's not much sand and, uh, and it's kind of shallow.
1: Yeah. I didn't
0: go swimming when I was there.
1: I kind of looked at the beach and it, it wasn't a beach to me or what I would
0: Go for a beach. So if well, you're, going like black there, sand too, right? So the water looks kind of yeah, dark, and it's
1: really small. But it was charming. It was nice. And like you said, having the crab was nice. We kind of walked up to the hill. There's a, a little um, national park there. There is quite a nice hotel called Nai Bang Chat, uh, which I didn't stay at that time, but it's pretty nice. And there's the veranda, which is quite popular with people. Um, yeah, it was charming. And then there's Rabbit Island, uh, Tongse Island, just off the coast. It's like 20 minutes by boat. And the beach is not bad there. We went out there for an afternoon. You kind of get, it's clumsy. You get dropped off and then you got to walk 10 minutes through the jungle. But you end up on a, on a nice enough little beach. You can have a swim, have a bit of food. Um, but you wouldn't go there just for beach. But if you came down from Phnom Penh, went to Kep for a few days, then went over to Kampot, like you were saying in Kampot, like you can do some nice little trips up the river on a boat and swim and there's a really great rib restaurant called the rusty Key yeah Bowl. yeah this is a
0: beaches and islands episode man you should just get on a plane and fly to scenicville and get on a boat and go out to the islands camp pot and are cool for all sorts of other reasons but i don't think uh, beaches is it
1: yeah not for beaches but if you were going to do a whole coastal trip you could combine them all in
0: yeah because we went out to the bamboo island uh, rabbit island sorry uh, Rabbit Island with my mom and dad, and, the, and they weren't quite as impressed as they were by Koh rong
1: No, absolutely not. So <laughs> if you want the beach, you got to go to the Southwest. You've got to go into Sohanockville and then to one of the, the many areas we've talked about. It's up and coming. And yeah you know, one of the challenges is going to be over tourism and management of plastic and all those things that we've talked about some of them on, actually all those on, on past episodes. And I mean, only time will tell to see how it's managed with the rapid growth down there, but it it excites me. I'd really like to get back down there and you were lucky enough to just be, so um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely, uh,
0: it's definitely going to I'd say cuz those islands are big enough and the way the development's concentrating on the mainland whereas on the islands it's still progressing pretty slowly um I'd say like even the next 5 years it's it, people will still be saying 15 years from now oh my god you should have been there 10 years ago you know yeah yeah um so I think there's five more years where it's still going to be like not quite there um and then 5 years from now with like you know all these flights coming in from all over the world and and people realizing that you know these islands are really beautiful, um, it's really going to take off. it's It's on the brink of becoming fairly famous, I think.
1: Hmm. Well, it is the great final piece in the total vacation package, really, because people would go to Cambodia and then rightfully so, go back to Thailand or Vietnam uh, for it. So I mean it is opening up now that you can fly into the airport easily. Options are becoming available. Cambodia pretty much has the whole holiday package now.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, connecting that to the beaches is amazing. Um, and then, you know, maybe this is totally off the, the map, but way over in eastern Cambodia, you know, they built a road that connects uh, Mondulkiri and Ratnakiri. And it's only a two-hour drive now, so the entire east has just opened up to to do like a big loop. So maybe uh, we've been doing a lot of Cambodia episodes lately, um, which I guess has been good for me because I've been brushing up on my Cambodia since I I moved back here. Um, But at some point soon, yeah, we're probably going to have to do an exploring undiscovered Cambodia just as it's being discovered again
1: absolutely well thanks trevor uh you're the real expert on this one thank you everyone for listening we have detailed show notes we have a google map showing the areas we talked about and remember please go to patreon search talktravelasia.com or on our homepage on the left side sponsor us anywhere from a dollar upwards please help keep us up there cover the bills thanks so much this is scott from bangkok saying adios trevor take us out
0: thanks for listening everybody thanks for uh Making some time to meet up with me again, Scott. It's always good to keep in touch and Talk Travel Asia.
1: Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again
0: soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Anchor Tom